yeah, I'm going to kill myself. Like, <laughs> you, you at least figure out how to make get rid of old wires, all right? If nothing else. You know, save the world as well. All right. Welcome to the 10th episode of the Concast. I'm here again with my usual co-host, Matty, and we have Xavier. And finally, we have a real teacher on the Concast. It's Chris. What about you? I wouldn't call me a real teacher, but I'll, I mean, I'll, we, I'll fit in. I'll do my best. I mean, we had Jay, and that's like a half teacher. No way. Jay's a, Jay's a real teacher. Is he more real teacher than you? Yes. <laughs> he embodies the spirit of KLS. Everyone's a student. Everyone's a teacher. That's, that's what we that's said. True. Yeah. Right. Yes. So yeah, uh, welcome to the podcast. I Thanks. Guess. Yeah. Uh, bad news that Chris is leaving. It's I'm. This is actually the saddest news it of is. yesterday. I'm dressed for the funeral. You guys will get over it, yeah. But yeah, thanks for wearing all black. <laughs> we, all, we all went all black, yeah. pretty much, except Xavier. Xavier's like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, oh, I get the black jeans, the button. I'm like in grief. Well, I'll still be available and I'll still be around. So, um, and I expect to keep in touch, hopefully, with you guys, you know, for years to come, and expecting to see big things from all of you all. <laughs> Make the world a better place. That's the goal. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And remember, like I've always said, I want somebody to get rid of all the dang wires, right? I want everything wireless. <laughs> expect at least that from your generation. Somebody so, solve so the wires. How do you feel looking at like, like this if place. I ever see a dongle again? When by the time <laughs> I'm like 80, I'm gonna kill myself. Like, <laughs> you, you at least figure out how to make ev get rid of old wires, all right? If nothing else, you know, save the world as well, right? You know. So what about like, like hoses? Wires. Does that count as a wire? No, like, like plumbing. Wireless hoses. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, if you can have you seen that. the wireless hose? wireless plumbing would be cool. But have you seen the wireless hose? No. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. We're kidding. Wait. Okay. Wait. We have permission to use the phone in school, right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. I mean, yeah. Why not? Why not? Okay. I guess while we're going over this, what do you? So you said you were leaving for your side job or side business? Yeah. So yeah, over the last few years, I have a side business, and so it's finally at the stage where I can quit, and my business partner and I, and we want to focus on that solely. So. Well, that sounds exciting. Yep, it is. And I'm also con I'm going to be still doing – I'm working uh, for the University of Chicago still um, doing data science work. So I'll still be in the education sphere and data science sphere. So I have that as kind of a supplement backup. Um, <laughs> so in case things don't go well, I can always fall back on that too. So that's kind of yeah. um, a good fallback. Is your business in any really like related to data science or anything? Or? Yeah, so it is a. So I'm definitely doing some data science models for it. So we do. Um, um, it's land and home development for uh, working with um, different counties in California for building affordable housing communities. So I'm working on data science models to help. So we're building big communities with multiple houses or manufactured home communities or modular communities. Um, and the data science piece fits in is that um, we need investors to help us pay for this stuff. And if somebody's going to invest money, they want to know, you know, what's their return on, on investment. So you have to tell them, hey, you're going to, you know, we project you're going to get 7% back and here's why, right? So we have, so I'm creating models that help me figure that stuff out so I can pitch it to them um, and other types of models. So say there's like a, uh, a piece of land or a manufactured home community somewhere in like the rural part of Northern California. 
um, if we buy it, fix it up, put in a bunch of housing, is there going to be demand for that? If we put it, are people going to be able to afford it? Right. So like, what are the median hope? Like, what are the median incomes of people that live in this area? Do, what are their jobs like? Like, there's like, is there's a Walmart center nearby? Is that where everybody works or what? So figuring out, so so data science models can help us answer those types of questions. Right. right? So we even is this even a, a valid investment? Right. So that's where I'm using data science. It's actually pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here's the wireless hose, by the way. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. I mean, like, as a guy's a genius who ever invented that thing. Yeah. Totally works. Yeah, totally right. works. Xavier, how does it feel that your favorite teacher is leaving? It's very sad. Yeah. Well, you will get a new favorite teacher, trust me. Probably by next week, you won't even remember who I am. Ah, and, that's definitely not yeah. true. You've left a lasting impact, well, and this will cement that. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, you're going to be here forever because videos stay up forever. Uh, true. 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 Yes. Okay, so what else? What do you guys want to know about or talk about? All right, who's your favorite student? <laughs> oh man! I think I answered that last year with Nicholas, so I'm gonna keep it as Nicholas. <laughs> Is it because he keeps it entertaining? Keeps it entertaining. Yeah. He always pushes my limits. Always fights back. <laughs> never submits things on time. Makes my <laughs> life a living hell. Right? But he makes it all worth it because uh, you know he's into the he's into it and he's doing his own thing and. But, uh, but honestly, each and every one of you are my own favorite students in your own ways. Right? Because you, you all push me, you all push me to uh, be a better person, a better teacher. And I learn from each and every one of you differently. So, you know, honestly, you know, when I said it's Nicholas, it's, it's, you know, it kind of is, but it's also kind of a joke. Really, honestly, each and every one of you are my favorite students. So. Yay. Except for one. We won't mention. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Whoa! Just kidding. It's okay. We we know it's Xavier. You don't talk yeah. about it on here, yeah. <laughs> All right. We can keep that off camera. All right. <laughs> so what was so your what, what was your favorite class teacher then? Um, each cl I mean, there's been lots of classes. They've all been interesting because we try. You know what we do here. Ever since I've been here, you know everything's kind of a pilot, right? We're always trying new things. We're adapting and changing as w you know as we're as we're teaching. Um, so I've treated kind of every class like that. So every every semester, there's almost been a new class that I've either had to create. Um, first, it was our stats class here. So I introduced that um, and started doing, you know, using our R labs in that and teaching students R. And that's why it was kind of a natural progression to kind of turn that into the data science class. So now we have this data science program and the advanced data science. Um, so I think, you know, I would say my, if I had to pick most favorites is that the kind of stats to the data science has been my most fun thing. Um, you know, the calc is fun too and geometry. We did the merge and purge, which hopefully I'll be able to continue to follow the students that did that. So it's basically we had a group of students where we took out a bunch of material from geometry and algebra one or geometry and algebra two and it allowed them to take get that material done in a one year we're normally in normal schools that's like a year long each and then basically the goal of that was to free up an extra year so students could take data science or whatever the heck they want but we're hoping it would you know be data science and again it's because you know one of Sal's uh, visions for this place is that what we do here can eventually be kind of transferred to a public school model so we have the flexibility to do whatever, right? And as you, as you all know, like you can take lots of math classes here, right? But most public schools, like if we want to, what we would like to have is, uh, you know, every high school in the country to have a data science option in every high school. But where the heck are they going to fit it in, 
Right? They don't have any room, right? So this merge and purge is a, so we're doing this case study here, this experiment to see like, hey, can we take out, like remove some material and make it hopefully not be detrimental to our students. So that's why we want to follow them until they get to college and check out their, what they, their standardized test scores. The goal is hopefully to see, we're hoping, right, that there, there is no detrimental effects to their standardized test scores. What colleges they get into, what majors, we're actually hoping it's the opposite, right? We're hoping basically we freed up a year, they get to take data science in that year, hopefully it even gets them more energetic or more engaged with math and STEM, um, and they don't, you know, they didn't lose anything by missing some material. That's what we're hoping. Yeah, I feel like that's just chaos in general. It's just like, you know, like trying things out and see like that's if they it. can be applied really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, short a, it's a laboratory, right? Yeah. It's lab yeah. school, so, yeah. Although I feel like sometimes they use the lab part a little bit liberally. <laughs> well, hey, so a lot of, some of the stuff doesn't work out, right? And we gotta, you, I mean, you all have to be flexible. We have to be flexible and say, hey, let's change it. It's not working. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you always know that, like, uh, like when you were younger, that you wanted to do something within like STEM? Yeah, I've always wanted. I when I was growing up, I wanted to be a vet. So you know, I guess that's in STEM. You know, medicine. Um, and then I worked for a vet four years in high school, and then got into Davis Vet School. And then I decided, like, the last minute, I don't want to be a vet. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah. So then I went to college, and I was like, well, what the heck am I going to do? But I'd always liked STEM. So um, you know, I just was like, well. I like math, so I'll just become a math major, just like on a whim, and then stuck with math ever since. So that's it. Do you ever wonder, like, oh, what if I was a vet? Yeah, I've thought about it, but um, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I I like what I do, and it's fun, and I think I, I I've been pretty good, or pretty successful, and education's important to me, especially now that I got two little girls, you know, and I they're just starting school. One just started kindergarten, that one's in preschool, but I'm like. We need to change the education system or ma to make it better, right? May modernize it. So I'm happy to have been able to play a little piece in that, and hope you know I'm looking forward to you all continuing and you know changing it for the better, so that when she's your age, I'm hoping she you know some stuff that has come out of this place maybe is transferred to other places by then and can affect you know and help everyone because um, yeah, lots of things need to change and be updated. Yeah, <laughs> I do think. You, do you sometimes see like like math homework or something that like other students have done before and wonder wait, well, why why is this being taught or anything like that all the time <laughs> yeah and more just with math homework but just like why they even have to take this class or why are things done in this order why are they being forced to do this why why isn't it fun for them like what yeah so yeah lots of things need to get changed i think so Ho hopefully some of those things we're doing here can spread out yeah spread yeah. out do you uh, did, are you like focused on also making math courses like fun as well and not just sort of like yeah I mean I mean I mean what do you guys think as students it's like and me you know as a lifelong learner um, so I like to think of myself as a student too it's like if you know we can all learn anything if we try right but if it's fun it makes it easier right and makes it more engaging and makes you want to figure things out right you know in like a standard math class or something where it's just like you're you're plugging away, and you never, and you don't know like what is what is this good for? What the heck am I doing? You know, I'm not applying it in anything, and you know, I'm just being forced to like learn all these little details. You know, that approach is kind of the standard math approach, as opposed to like 
you know, a more application or project-based approach where it's like, you know, here's how this applies, and that's why I love data science, right? It's like applicable to the real world. You're using real-world data. We're using data about ourselves. We're exploring things. It's obvious how it's applicable, right, in the most, in the most obvious ways. And then it just, you know, if, if you can see how things apply to the real world, then it makes it fun, and then it, it makes you want to go deeper. And then once you want to go deeper, then that's when you have to learn the details, right? STEM, you know, it's math and data science and stats and everything. It's all about the details, right? Details are what give math and everything related to it its power, right? And make it so useful, right? But what you don't care about the details. Uh, you know, the details aren't important to you unless you actually care, right? right. You, if you have a real question that you've got to figure out, then it's like, okay, well, then you have to learn the details because that's what makes you learn it, right? So it's like... If you, you ought to want to do it, and so the fun factor makes you kind of want to do it, I think. so. And then you want to learn the details, and then go learn it. Yeah, I think that definitely does apply, because I guess in my own math experience, it's like, if it's not interesting, mm -hmm. then it's like, I, I don't care. Totally. Yeah. Right? Totally. I, th I think the one thing that, that definitely applies to me for mm -hmm. was when I was learning about like, uh, like, like trigonometry and like mm -hmm. the sine functions and all that stuff. I can never imagine how that matters at all. <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, this, this, yeah, trig is actually super useful, and you'll see that, Matty, when you get through calculus and stuff. But, but it's not that useful for everybody, right? I mean, we use, you know, trigs, you know, right, right triangle trig and periodic functions, right? You know, I mean, you just know things that have, you know, per periods like the moon and phases and things, right? So trig is very useful in that um, and with angles between vectors um, and things. So... It's useful, but again, not for everybody. And um, you know, so yeah, I mean, th that's one of the things. Like, should it, you know, w if we're changing our education systems, should we require that if it's not for everybody? And maybe not. You know, a lot of this math was designed, you know, in the, you know, um, like our system, uh, especially the math components were kind of, um, I think, kind of redesigned at least in like the 50s with the Cold War and the arms race and get to the moon. And these are the types of things, calculus-based and trig-based, that you really need for like launching rockets and getting a certain a projectile down a trajectory to, right? That's certain types of math. And those are all the maths that we're still kind of stuck with, right? So yeah, do we? is that really the most useful stuff nowadays? I don't think so, honestly, right? So more linear algebra, statistics, probabilities, all that stuff that relates to data science. Personally, um, that I think that is more useful stuff nowadays. So yeah, I think we need to kind of transition away from some of the less useful stuff. And again, that's what we try to do with our merge and purge experiment. Let's get rid of some of that, hopefully, um, you know, not as useful stuff nowadays. And then um, you know, just what's the most important stuff? Learn that and then move on, right? So. Yeah, I think the current way that ed the education is, if you um, if you try to make it interesting for everyone, like say like trigonometry, mm -hmm. then it's gonna be uh, less useful for the people who are actually interested. Mm -hmm. For example, in calculus, I'm sure Nicholas gave you a hard time a lot about how it's too easy. Mm -hmm. Totally, <laughs> but 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 you bring a good po a good point, Xavier. So yeah, there's that fine line, right? We want to make things fun, right? But you know, it's you know we can't dumb stuff down, yeah. right? We, you know, math has power, and you know it is it, There is difficult pieces, and it's challenging, but we need it, right? And um, so yeah, we got to find that fine line. Like, where is it where students have the ability to explore like as much as they want, and if they want to go deeper, they have that ability, and nothing's been dumbed down. So yeah, that's a, that's one of the areas that we're exploring too. 
And if I remember, the first class you taught at KLS was a mm -hmm. geometry class. Yeah, so remember I, I came, think I, I think you that. were in it. Yeah. yeah, my worst student ever. Oh. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, remember I came in like, I think it was even like the middle of a semester. Yeah, like it was sort of for like, oh, this is the, t yeah, temporary. What year right? was this? Uh, this is like three years ago, I think-ish. 19, yeah, 2019. Yeah, you so were a freshman? Yeah. You were well, a freshman? No, 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 it was... Um, it was in my eighth grade year. Eighth grade year. Yeah. But so it was it was like early into Oh, I think it was Algebra 1, actually. Was it Algebra 1? Algebra 1. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was Algebra 1. Yeah, so I just kind of like got thrown in this, taken over in the middle of a semester or something, and it was like the, the previous teacher had left and like didn't give me anything. Like they had like turned in stuff. So like basically I had nothing to go off of. <laughs> I was like, where are you? What have you done? What the heck's going on here? But it's okay. I mean, it was what, what actually excited me is, is that – you all were okay with that transition. I was like, okay, well, let's just figure it out, right? And then, like, let's, where have you been? What have you done? Let's just, we just had to f kind of wing it. Um, and it worked out because you all were flexible. Um, and, you know, I was kind of, and I was trying to figure things out too. So, yeah, your kind of flexibility was what made it okay and made it happen. I think it was in, like in the middle of the KLS math purge because the previous system mm -hmm. was you go up to the Khan Academy space, right? everyone, like the whole school, right? and for two hours you would do Khan Academy, right? and uh, it was three times a week, mm -hmm. and one of those blocks you would go in and do like a problem Breakout set. room, yeah. Like remember we had, we had all those. Right. Mm -hmm. And then uh, that year they like started shifting away from that, and then they – did sort of math classes like how we do now, mm -hmm. but like a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And then halfway through that like new change, you mm -hmm. were also thrown in. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I think a lot of the students were like, okay, I guess this is how <laughs> it is now. We're just, we're just gonna go with it. Constant change, right? It's okay. Mm -hmm. Wait, so they, wait, wait. They made you guys go upstairs to the Khan yeah, Academy office? Three times a week. To do Khan Academy. Before lunch the whole day, we would go up to the Khan Academy space, do math, and then one of those three days, depending on what class you were in, they would put you in a breakout room upstairs, and they would like do a problem set or like teach you something. For us, like uh, Xavier, I don't know if you remember this, yeah. but we had KA notes. <laughs> really? Yeah, we had to take notes on like the oh, Khan Academy. I remember. Yeah, I just didn't do it though. Slacker. <laughs> <laughs> so, so did you just always say that people were slacking? Or yeah. Where did that come from? No. Oh, I don't know. Uh, that's probably, probably you, Maddie. Yeah. It was like, you know, my first slacker. Slack. I feel <laughs> like that's that's like your catchphrase. Like I feel like that's going to like it? that's going to stay all like right, here yeah. for a while, honestly. Oh, yeah, you can you can keep it going. <laughs> can you look in the camera and tell like that camera and tell uh, everyone they're a slacker? You're slacking. So, yeah, I mean, the, but I mean, what Maddie's talking about is like this place is, you know, it's constant it's constant change, and we're okay with it, right? That's that's the type of environment here. We're learning as we go, and you know, if something's not working, we try to make adjustments. But we are thinking about kind of going back to that original model that you were just mentioning, and um, maybe not being upstairs, but here, but doing kind of a more like was in Sal's book, where it's kind of this vision of like every you know instead of distinct or discrete classes that we have kind of now, like bringing every kind of back together and like having um, more shared community approach to the math so that's how it was for like every class back in uh the original days yeah yeah, yeah. and then it slowly has transitioned to right more. so we we might try to go back um to that or, or at least in some way like kind of learn maybe do an adjusted version of that it's a very uh, but 
as much as it's supposed to be like a, oh everyone can learn at their own pace mm-hmm. type of thing it's also for a very specific type of person where that system works mm-hmm. because you also need someone who can just be like okay gotta do math now right mm-hmm. has to actually be focused and even with enforcement of like hey you have to work on stuff sometimes you just don't really learn it you're just like mindlessly doing it mm-hmm. versus with like an actual class mm-hmm. maybe you might actually listen mm-hmm. or pay attention yeah i agree that's always a tough one like when we have our our um open houses and like i've got to go and talk to like new families and stuff oh. and they're like they ask me that like i'm pretty good with everything else like what we do here but when they ask me that they're like yeah what kind of student um you know succeeds here you know or doesn't succeed here i always have a hard time trying to figure out which of you like what does it take and like basically what i tell them so we'll see what you guys think to this is like i'm like to be successful here, you you know you have to be um, an independent thinker. You got to have your own you know agency, uh, and you know take your learning, uh, the responsibility of your learning, kind of under your own wings, because you don't have ma- as much as like you would in maybe a normal quote normal school as much kind of scaffolding and got or um, um, I don't know push. Like, I'm not hounding you every five minutes, like, hey, you didn't do this, or you're gonna fail this, or whatever, right? Like, I might, you know, blast you on the screen in front of everybody, like, hey, why are you slacking? You know, get on it, but I'm not gonna be, so, so you, you, have, to, you have to be um, taking that, you know, that responsibility of your learning and the pacing. Like, I'll be like, here's a pacing guide, let's do it, right? Um, so that's kind of the main thing, I think, like, if, if, you, if you need a bunch of hand-holding, like, at every step of the way, this is probably not the place for you. What do you is it? What do you think about that? I I actually agree with that a lot because when I I was I I used to go to a private school somewhere else, this uh-huh. German school, and right. I didn't think so. But you know, they're still quite you know strict. You know, follow the rules, mm-hmm. hand holding all that. Mm-hmm. I didn't really notice it until mm-hmm. a few like maybe last year. So mm-hmm. I was thinking back mm-hmm. to the first year or two that I came to KLS right. and that complete change from like very scheduled, right. you know, no goal time, right. nothing like that, to just like. The old KLS, which was like you had like two classes right. per week, right. and like you can do it's like total freedom, it's like and do whatever I want. There was right. not only was it like it was very unproductive for me, but there was also mm. like oh you didn't do this work, you know they didn't do anything about it. It's not yeah. like they called your parents. There was no threat or yeah. anything yeah. like that, and so you just yeah. wouldn't do anything or right. wouldn't learn anything. Right. So it's really like you need a transition because after a mm. year or two, I was like okay, I mm. understand the importance, and I think it was a valuable experience. Mm. But you need to actually go through like a slow like. Mm. Not just like being thrown into like complete independence. Sure, it's it's also weird because like I left and the transition from like coming here and then leaving. I feel like when I left, it's like oh wait, like things actually ma- like kind of matter in a way because it's like in a public school, like I actually have to like what is it like? I don't have the freedom to like be like I can do this later or something. It's like a now sort of thing. Classes yeah. are different. I don't have like this goal time. Mm-hmm. So I actually I actually do kind of wonder for like the, also the other people who might have left like what the adjustment was between there because like you can also argue like what's the adjustment within like college or something as well well i think the idea is for college it's more something like kls Mm -hmm. rather than a public school with a public school it's again i've been to a public school so i probably shouldn't talk about it but from what i hear it's more like you know you do home you do tomorrow's work you go to bed right absolutely versus with college it can be more like you've got a longer projects due dates aren't exactly settled they're more maybe there's some things that are more forgiving for some things less and i think it matches more with what kls is rather than other schools which is a nice bonus because it's less of an adjustment then totally i i think i agree with matty it's like um 
I think you all, and we, at least we've seen with the first two graduating classes, right, they seem to be um, doing quite well in college, right, and even at elite colleges. So that gives us hope for that we are preparing you right. But, yeah, that what we're trying to do is kind of emulate more of the college process. And, I mean, you all take college classes while you're here too, right? So that's obviously a big help. But even as, as we're here, yeah, we're trying to model the kind of – that's what that less hand-holding because you don't have that hand-holding in college, right? So that's part of that training. But, but I like what you were saying earlier, Matty, about like if we, maybe there should be a bridge for like especially new students coming in like you did. Like maybe you could help to think of like a process or system that would help um, that transition. So like when like a future you that comes in here, right, and they're like, oh, crap, I got all this freedom. Like, you know, maybe it could be student-based. Like, hey, we got like – there's like a team. Like, okay, whatever, you three – like you're on like, you know, Alex, this new kid that comes in, right, or whatever. And you, you can help that transition. You can help be like, hey, you're probably going to get a lot less hand-holding and, you know, people telling you what to do. And here's some advice on how, you know, you can stay or be successful. Like so whatever you finally learned, right, like, hey, I got to do stuff whether I'm being forced to or not, right? Admittedly, that's also given me – a value for learning by failure as well. Okay. So, so the fan, I think fan, at fair this enough. point, uh-huh. right, you know, like high school is mm-hmm. where you like actually already have to know mm-hmm. that you need to be productive and do these things and it's not like a time to like to drop off and not mm-hmm. do anything. But with like the middle school students and like the seventh and eighth grade mm-hmm. that are now here, I think it's also important for like them to like have a little bit of like, oh, I can do whatever I want and maybe mm-hmm. make a couple mistakes or mm-hmm. learn from that. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, l- Making mistakes and learning from them, that's, I mean, that's how we learn anything, right? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but, but, yeah, keep thinking about that, and, and you, you should all try to come up with maybe a process, and you could pitch it to, you know, Dave or Kim, you know, like maybe like a, a be like transition club or whatever, right, to help those. Just, just think about, like, what, what would have been helpful for you to have had, right, to ease that transition and, be, and whatever. Pitch it to them and be like, here, you figure it out, or else we could, or maybe you can help do that, you know? But that, that, should, that should be a piece of the puzzle, I agree. Since we are kind of quite a bit different than other yeah. schools, if you come here, you don't to lessen that shock, right? So, Yeah, maybe uh, it could be like an age difference because I feel like back, even this last year for me, I wasn't taking a lot of the classes that seriously. So I had a lot of late assignments. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think throughout the year, I eventually realized that it's more important to actually do the assignments on time. Uh, so maybe there should be a process that like you're just this in this grade and you can have this amount of freedom or maybe it should be a case-by-case basis and they can say this person has um, shown that they are responsible enough to have this freedom mm-hmm. yeah if you notice that's what they've been um, they've been doing over the course of my time here it seems like they've gotten more and more rules, which is just kind of, an, I guess, a natural reaction to having more and more students, right? And as we get grow, we have to be a little more constrained. Um, but um, th- um, we, we also want to allow that freedom, right? Because the freedom here allows people to, right, to go deeper, to take more classes, to um, investigate things on a deeper level. So we want to find – got to find that right um, – kind of realm of where do you have that freedom, but you also have enough kind of scaffolding to, to help. Because we all need some deadlines, right? Yeah. Um, you know, all of us, adults included, right? If you don't have any deadlines and it's like, ah, well, put it off to whenever. Right? It's just natural human instinct. So, yeah, f- figuring that, fine, that's a fine line, and, and we haven't figured it out yet, right? 
but I'm always trying to adjust and figure out, okay, what is the right amount of like kind of push and like due dates and things? Um, because we also, right, we all know, we all learn at different paces, right? So it's like, that's the hard part with due dates, right? We've got a due date, you know, Adam's gonna do it, at, you know, he's gonna be able to master that content, you know, maybe at this stage, and Matt T's gonna master this stage, and Xavier at this stage. So how does one due date work, right? That's mm -hmm. So it's a tough thing to figure out, right? So I don't know, encourage your teachers to keep trying that. Um, but yeah, that's why I'm always kind of loose, and I, I'm like, okay, here's a due date, and again, just to help, just to give you, a, or give some of us that need it, kind of that, okay, now I have at least something that I have to get it done by, or some date. Mm -hmm. Some people don't need due dates, and they're just fine. I'm not one of those. I also <laughs> need due dates too, right? Otherwise, I'll just put stuff off forever. So I feel you. But yeah, it's, there's a lot of other things, right? That There's logistics that we have to figure out that are pieces of the whole education puzzle that are important too. Yeah, I think there are different ways that, like, in in calculus, I think b because of the due dates were so soft, I think a lot of people, like, left everything until the uh, very, very end. Totally. Um, I learned my lesson on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think one thing for me, I also kind of took calculus uh, a little bit slow, and I did most of the work at the end as well. Mm -hmm. But uh, in uh, classes like history, for example, mm -hmm. um, I couldn't really do that because if you don't do your homework, you'll be lost in the discussion and everyone will be able to tell. Mm -hmm. So it, I think it's kind of a difference that if you actually actively discuss all of the material, then you will need to know it so you'll have more of an incentive to learn. Mm -hmm. So that's just like... I think that's something I find interesting about history classes as well. It's more of like, if you don't do the work, you're publicly shamed yeah. because they're like, oh, Xavier, what did you think about this? And you're well, just like. <laughs> in data science, he publicly shames yeah. us. So you're yeah, saying I should do more public shaming. I mean, it should be more <laughs> like you just that. discuss the material like yeah. actively. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's what we do in data science, right? Because we're doing our Jupyter notebooks, which is all just the material from the book, mm -hmm. right? And if you had it read it, then when you get randomly called, right, you're. You're going to make a fool of yourself in front of everybody. No, but, you know, <laughs> if you don't know it, it's okay, and we work through it. But Yeah. No. But I think that type of stuff is also very motivating for people to do because they're like, okay, my bad, messed up last yeah. time. Just, yeah. Well, well and, that's, and that's one of the reasons why we instituted the random name caller, right, because it does yeah. two good things. It, it, takes it, it takes out the bias yeah. for me always calling on the same people, right, And then, but it, it keeps you on your toes. Also, it also insults you. And so it's sure. That is very scary. Well, yeah, we we yeah we, we got to talk to uh, Martia and Jay about yeah maybe toning it down a bit, especially <laughs> if, if you notice I made that comment yesterday, no one caught it. But I was like, yeah, if you ever get a new teacher, you might want to make these a little nicer. <laughs> no one caught that because he didn't know I was leaving at that point. Yeah, it was like just Dave coming in. It was like, yeah, you can you can tell them. Because yeah, I'll be, yeah, I've been waiting to be able to tell you so I could help prepare you. Yeah, no, now this makes sense. I'm like, why is Chris not teaching Cal? And then they just everything clicked at that point. Yeah. I think with the name caller, especially, you first introduced that over COVID, at least in my class. Mm -hmm. I, I was in geometry. That was actually That's geometry. That's right, yeah. And it was so scary all the time. Yeah, because yeah. I'd be sitting there like, I don't know what is going yeah, on. Yeah, I know. What the <laughs> hell? Like, don't call me. Caller. And I'd yeah. be like, uh-oh. Yeah, so yeah, it does, again, it does those two kind of main things, right? It keeps you on your toes, <laughs> um, and then it also, yeah, takes out the bias or some of it, right? I think so. COVID was a harsh year to implement It was that. harsh, yeah. We've been through a lot together, so... But we've gotten yeah. it. Air pounds. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. So I got to ask this. Since you're leaving, yeah. what is – so your first – okay, so when you first got here, what was your first impression compared to your impression now that you're leaving? Um, my first impression was, yeah, what the heck's going on around here? You know, is this really that different than a normal school? Um, 
And uh, now that I'm leaving, I'm like, yes, it is quite different. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, pros and cons, just like with everything. There's some good things. There's some bad things. We obviously still need to figure out lots of things. Um, but I think that I really am um, hopeful that there will be some, some real change that will come out of this place from all of you and your experiences here um, that will hopefully be able to translate and disseminate into the education sphere as a whole and you know, better humanity. So, and no wires and no dang wires. Get rid of these wires, <laughs> I mean, right? You know, solve the climate crisis. You know, end world hunger. You know, end homelessness. But also get rid of the dang wires. So wait, what, what's your? I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let you figure out the I order. Found, I found the, the solution. The right. To all the three of those. of those. Edible wires, right? Hunger's gone. Plastic from the wires. Ooh. Climate change fixed. Right. And you eat them and they're gone. Right. <laughs> and you and you and you tra- train the unhoused community to build these wires. Yes. Man. Perfect. All of them around. See, that's the kind of thinking that yeah that we breed here. That's the next Chaos. side business. Yeah, okay. So wait, wait. <laughs> I'll leave that one to you. How, how does okay? How does this edible wire work? I, I need to hear more about right. it. Right. So it's already Bluetooth, right? But it just comes with an edible wire as well. That's for the food part. You eat it. Wire's gone. Already works. Boom. Damn. Does my teeth turn blue because it's Bluetooth? Ooh. Oh, that's a good question. Oh, I've always wondered that. Do you know why is it called Bluetooth? Like, why is the word blue in it? I don't. And why is the word tooth in it? No idea. I don't know. <laughs> I just know that. I mean, how many guys, isn't that a weird thing? Like, I've always I, wondered, like, what? Kicks it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember, like, Bluetooth, like, original purpose was just for, like, phone connection to your PC. Yeah, like, but much. I don't. Yeah, it's pretty crappy, actually, technology. And I'm like, but somehow it's, like, ubiquitous now. And we all use it, and Look it up. it's like, why don't they make it better? You, you know, you walk like five feet away, and then like disconnect. It's like bad. Like, yeah. I'm like, come on, who's? Yeah, that's another thing. Okay, so after you solve all those other problems, um, then and the wires are gone, then you can work on a better Bluetooth technology. Have you heard of the <laughs> USB naming system? Uh, maybe. Okay, so there's you know how the oh yeah USB A B Cs. No, no, not, not uh, that, not that. Okay. You know how there's like USB 3.0 and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So there's there's like 1.0, 2.0, mm-hmm. 3.0, 3.1, 3.2, 3.0, like and then like what is it like 3.1 revision two. Okay. And like now it's now now they're making USB C USB 4.0. Yeah. Like it doesn't make sense the naming system at all. Well, I'm sure there's some convention that we don't know about. Like most things in the world that I've noticed. Like, if you look into it, you know, there was a reason. Yeah, but, most, we, but most people, someone it. looked into it, and there was no reason. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, okay well, so I figured out why it is Bluetooth. And this is okay. from the official Bluetooth.com okay. website. Okay, right, let's hear it. So when they were thinking of uniting phones and computers, okay. as they said, mm-hmm. right, for some reason, mm-hmm. they thought of King Harold, who was famous for uniting Scandinavia. Okay. And King Harold was known for two things, uniting Denmark and Norway mm-hmm. in nine, uh, 958, and his dead tooth. Which was blue. <laughs> <laughs> that was just nice. it. I feel like I've heard this story. Oh, yeah. that, that was it. Well, that was the whole thing. So, so, so as lots of things in life, we've learned it all comes from some dead white guy. Fair yeah. enough. So okay. that's just STEM in general. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Well, Chris, I I didn't have you for long personally, but I can speak to, for a lot of others, including myself, that you definitely had an impact on like our learning so thank you well uh it was uh, it was an honor and a pleasure to be a part of your community and uh I, like i said i'm looking forward to seeing you all in the news in the future for doing all those things we just talked about <laughs> i want Edible every wires. bluetooth hose every one of those things i wanted to accomplish all right <laughs> all right all right well and keep in touch please 
Is there anything you want to? Yeah. Like... Is your, wait. Is your KLS email still going to be active? Yeah, I'm still. Good. I just asked him yesterday. I'm like, can I keep my KLS email at least for an extended period of time? He's like, yeah, sure. Okay. So yeah, I'll have that. And I also, like I said, I can write letters of rec for people that still need them, and still just yeah, happy to help. Like when when y'all get stuck on something, you can still reach out. Right. Still there you go. Help. And like I'm still going to be in the educational sphere with the U Chicago stuff I'm doing. So, well, there's Chris. Cool. Thank you for watching the tenth episode of the Concast. This is Chris. That's Xavier. I'm Adam. That's Matty. Goodbye. See you next time. Episode ever. Oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're stopping the. Yeah.